bum, 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 Hello and welcome to the Chinwad Podcast. I am hosting today. Um, I'm joined tonight by the usual comrades, Solo. Hello, hello. How are you today? I'm all right. I've had, you know, I have a night. I've had a nice like admin day, so it's been pretty fucking relaxed, which is good. What do you mean, just sorting out all your paperwork and stuff? Oh no, just sending fuck tons of emails. Um, (laughs) That doesn't sound like a very relaxing day for me, to be honest. Uh, Well, fortunately, like three of them were about Star Wars books. Okay. Okay. I mean, there's worse things you could be emailing uh, about. So yeah, it was good. It was good admin. It was good admin. I'll take that. And we've got Rogan with us. Hello, everybody. How are you? Yeah, I'm blessed. I'm really well. Thank you very much. And with the return of Rogan from last week's episode, I think you'll remember. I also said there might be a surprise for this one, and we have. Well, it's my utmost pleasure in announcing Georgie, our newest member of the Chinwag crew. How are you, Georgie? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, crowd going Woo! Woo! We love it, we love it. We've got some, some diversity. It's not all men now. Um, yeah. Well, not all men with good facial hair as well, as Solo is keeping his moustache as we Oh yeah. last week. I've decided to keep it another week. Nice, nice. <laughs> just just another week <laughs> well yeah you know then see you know we'll, we'll see where we are in a week's time <laughs> we're a bit attached to it haven't we <laughs> yeah well this is the this is the trial run you know like i've I've put in my promo code for the 30 days and <laughs> we'll see how it goes next month <laughs> if you forget to if you forget to cancel you just yeah yeah, you yeah exactly for, for the next year it happens, man. That's how they get you. That's how they get that you. Is, that is. That really is, mate. Uh, but yeah, and tonight we're going to be discussing non-franchise fantasy films. Now, that's a mouthful, but for people that might not understand it, it's fantasy films that don't necessarily run with sequels. I know that's an awful description. Um, it's hard to explain because I'm pretty sure one of us is using... Is one of us using one with a sequel now? I almost I did. Oh, yeah, okay. there was Rogan there was a bit of did. talk about it. Yeah, but this is the thing. It's a bit of a difficult one because I mean, some some sequels aren't sequels. Some sequels just get forgotten about and for good reasons, really. Mm. Uh, but we're talking about fantasy films that aren't part of your trilogies, your you know, like your Harry Potters, your Lord of the Rings, Hobbits, that kind of thing. Your standalone films that explore the the realms of fantasy um but yeah i, d- I don't know who wants to take us off uh, um sure. i'm looking at rogan right now he's on my screen so he can take it cool yeah i'll take it so um the foot so we're looking at like a standalone fantasy story so i decided to go with stardust um Looking at like a quick definition of fantasy, is fantasy films are films that belong to a fantasy genre with fantastic themes, usually magic, supernatural events, mythology, folklore, or exotic fantasy worlds. They're all present within Stardust. Um, it's, it's it's kind of a roller coaster for everything that you get uh, alongside um, some great talent. Um, it's directed by Vince Vaughn as well, um, who did um, X Men First Class and. Um, Kick-Ass and um, nice. those films, um, Kingsman as well. So um, it has that um, like a a clean editing nature to it, um, but just with these like a splash of color. Um, it's like everything that um, a, a, an entire fantasy uh, franchise needs all just rolled up into one crazy adventure. Um, yeah, it's like you know what, our... a love story. I remember with that film, just like how, just how mad it got. I just remember the bit in that where they're on like the flying pirate ship, basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like there's... the cast is ridiculous. Captain mm. Shakespeare, what a guy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's yeah, the uh, who's the lead the lead antagonist? Who's the lead witch lady in that Rogan? I'm trying to remember who it is. 
Oh, it's Catwoman, isn't it? I, I mean, she's not called Catwoman, but you know what I mean. Uh, Batman, Batman Returns and shit. Isn't it her? Oh, um... I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but I'm pretty it's sure it's... Her. Yeah, it's Fife. Yeah, it's her, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I've, I've, a name hasn't come up on IMDb, which is frustrating, but it has now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, uh, but it's it, it's ridiculous. Like even going from the fantasy perspective, like Ian McKellen's the narrator. Like just, just straight away, you, you know, you know, it's Legend. a fantasy film. True. Um, you Henry Cavill's even in this in this film alongside like Peter O'Toole. Uh, it's just crazy. I, I don't even like, remember Cavill. <laughs> no, neither do I, but he's on the list. <laughs> um, it's like the deeper you go, like it's literally like four scrolls until you get to Robert De Niro and Ricky Gervais. There's that many people in this in this film. Jesus. I remember to take that song for it. <laughs> I feel like you couldn't avoid that song oh, for years after. Yeah, I had forgotten about that until this moment. <laughs> I just remember the music video was like edited with clips from Stardust. Yeah. Uh, uh, that probably, I imagine like, because Stardust didn't really perform that well. I imagine it probably did in England because of that song. Yeah. Uh, I, see, if I remember rightly, aren't they trying to like cut her heart out or some shit? Like the star, like they're trying oh, to do yeah. something. I remember like a mad looking knife in that film, like a some yeah. like yeah, it's, knife or something. It's Carrie from Homeland, and they need. Yeah. The, I think it is that it's it's either her heart or her blood. Like it's it's one of the two that that can keep them young. I can't remember which like what of that it is. I think it was her heart, wasn't it? And then that's. That's also why she glows all the time when, like, she's all loved up with the guy because it's like she's shining because she's yeah. a star. She's, what do stars do best? Yeah, me and my mum used to watch that film all the time. <laughs> Absolutely okay, obsessed. Awesome. I only saw it for the first time, like... <laughs> Two years ago or something. Like, really? my friend, yeah, my friend Shay, it's one of her favourite films. And, she, like, and because she knows I like Charlie Cox and also because my name being solo and she's like oh yeah there's all these other people who have their names that are like numbers as well you'll love it and it was great but I've, yeah i came to it proper late but it's a banger yeah yeah i think what 2008 2007 yeah seven yeah i remember it was primary school primary school because i remember missing a school disco to go watch it and i was fuming i like <laughs> missed a school disco but like it was a decent film in it so we can uh, we can let it pass. Yeah. Um, it was. It is a heart. Uh, apparently, it keeps them young. So. Yeah. Um, who's who's bringing the next film up? Uh, shall we go to Georgie? Yeah. Um, Get the guesses. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll go with. Talk about I Am Legend first, I suppose. Uh, that was also 2007, just as Stardust. Obviously, a very different kind of film. <laughs> um, you know, just the story of one guy years and years on in a post-apocalyptic world, trying to get some data and find a cure. Like, what an absolute geezer! Top ratings, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big up the dog as well. Yeah, definitely. Big Sam. Mm. I think they did a really good job with having him talk to the dog. You know, because that's, that's like literally the whole dialogue in the film is either him shouting at a mannequin or talking to the dog. But it yeah. carries the film. You don't like realize you haven't seen a conversation between humans for like an hour. Uh, yeah. I think it shows his story really well as well. And it's a lot more personal than your normal sort of zombie films, I suppose. So it's yeah, not yeah. just the action, it's sort of how come he ended up being there on his own and why he's still there and and the dog. Like everything's better with a dog. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I guess this is where we come into the realms of fantasy with the zombies because more like if you think of a, a slasher film, you would probably tie that just as horror kind of thing, because it's just a it's another person killing another person. Yeah. But with I Am Legend, like you've got a, 
the virus, I guess. Is it yeah. a virus? I think yeah. so. It's something. It's something like a. It, I think it's like a. It's meant to be a cancer cure or some bullshit. It was. Yeah, I think it was meant to be a vaccination when it first came out or something. Um, uh. And then it kind of spread. I know. <laughs> so uh. giving that look on the camera there. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You, you could. You couldn't hear me give a look there, but I did. Quickly, <laughs> Um, who like do do drugs and shit the cdc they have uh pages for a zombie apocalypse like of what to do if there's an outbreak uh, yeah man i've seen doomsday peppers. Claim, i know i know what I'm, my plan is but... yeah have you seen that thing with like people have bunkers and stuff in their back gardens i mean be pretty cool to have and fair play if that ever happens you, you're in a good position mate <laughs> yeah. i guess if you're government you've got to think of these things haven't you Oh, at least I like to think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely banging film. And it's kind of like the knight and his horse, but like in modern day. So it's the guy and his dog, um, you know, mm. against the, um, the, 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 just the horrors, the mindless enemy sort of thing, isn't it really? Uh, Although you find, you kind of find that they, they do have intelligence in the film, which mm. is an interesting layer that's sort of peeled back, but not really explored mm. and i know there were plans it... to do a sequel so maybe that was the intention <laughs> well uh, this is the thing for anyone who hasn't seen the film but i mean it's been out so long you can yeah um maybe skip ahead a minute but what ending do you guys remember because someone bought to me the other day a completely yeah. different ending is there is there like two or three if, if i'm not mistaken the cinematic cut ends with he uses the grenade blows up the guys and then the mother and daughter go to canada yeah but then there's a version where they get to canada and that shit's all destroyed and then there's oh, another version where they break through the glass and there's like a repeating image of the butterfly and um will smith makes it to the zombie guy and there's like a they have like a moment between them where well, it kind of and then he takes the woman who has the cures in her and the zombies just leave. Doesn't it? I feel like, because I feel like I've seen two versions. One where he runs at the glass with the grenade and they're like in the sort of cupboard thing at the back, safe from it. And then another where, like, because he's, he's like essentially injected the cure into this zombie that's on the table. I swear like she starts to like come back. Like come back to life so that's yeah. like how he survives that's the uh, like butterfly thingy one oh, if okay. i'm not mistaken yeah because i feel like they're the two that i've seen because I, yeah I, I was shook when i bought the dvd and the ending was different yeah that's what i always assumed you know the grenade <laughs> yeah but apparently apparently not that's an interesting one Cool. Starlo, do you want to give us give us your yeah entry? Um, well, I'm I'm just gonna just to make the talking about mine easier. I'm gonna start with the older one, so we'll we'll go in chronological order. So from 1957, I'm doing the Throne of Blood, which is a good Kurosawa classic, and it's basically Macbeth but in feudal Japan. So instead of like being the king of Scotland, they're trying to be the new emperor of Japan, and like it's so the the like costumes and sick are wicked because it's all just crazy samurai armor. But then, how they do like the kind of fantasy parts of it, because it's in that Japanese style, it is it it really brings out the fantasy elements a lot more than what you get in like i guess in the in in at least at least how i remember the um the the actual play by shakespeare being there's a lot less i, I guess like monstrous characteristics about the witches like you know they they're like they're kind of people who are dallying in um, like monstrous powers Whereas in the in this Kurosawa one, it's the what, what is the style of 
theatre called... Oh, you know what? It will come back to me. I think it's like Ukyo or something. Um, but it's like that very dramatic way. Like, I think she has like four eyes, like fangs and shit. Like the crazy, like funky hairdos that they do for witches in the theatre. Or at least in the theatre in Japan. And so it's like very much a monster that they're met with that like gives them all these crazy predictions and shit. And then like it plays out like similar, like the, I can't remember what they call the, he's not called Macbeth, it's like Japanese name. I can't remember it. But it's a similar like layout, Lady Macbeth, he becomes the emperor. But the ending is where they kind of switch it up and instead of having like the duel with Macduff, like how they do it in Macbeth, his army turns on him. And so he has this whole bit where he's like trying to give the orders and then they just all like fire a bunch of arrows at him. And he has to like, but basically he just gets the shit shot out of him by arrows and just like slaughtered at the end. And cause it's, cause in, J in Japan, they love a good fucking murder. It's all about honor codes over there. You love it. Yeah. yeah, I love that film. Yeah, I always remember with the witches. They, I, I always saw them as like, more like the guardians of the cauldron. In Macbeth, it was yeah. So I, I imagine there was some, there was a cauldron of of some sorts with with these monstrous creatures. Yeah, I, I no well in in this one it's like she um like comes out of the mist i think i think it's like the so yeah there's, there's a, one the, the, yeah yeah it's, it's just one oh okay. and it's like the storm is going on like like you know the whole when will we three meet again shit hmm. but it's just one of them and it's like she kind of manifests from the fog i mean obviously like because it was effects at the time it's literally just like opaque and she fades in <laughs> but you know we pretend she manifested from the fog and yeah. the lake that was there and like just delivers the prophecy and just gives them drops a bit of fucking knowledge on him oh kabuki so i've i've just double checked it it's kabuki theater or no theater i think i said ukiyo earlier but that's that's a time period i think right, that's a so. tale of well a rendition of me i haven't haven't heard of but there is so many out there i guess mm. yeah um, it is it is a brilliant one and it it really translates that drama well. I, I, to be fair, I remember seeing a World War... I want to say World War One BBC version of Macbeth, which was pretty epic. And the witches were like ward nurses. Ah. Um, yeah, it, and the way they did it was incredible, but it was it was spooky. I've always found the witches very creepy you know that little that that rhyme thing i'm sure you know it solo what, yeah what bubble it, bubble actually? toil and trouble fire burning cauldron bubble <laughs> <laughs> that what that's from <laughs> yeah, right. so I, I knew I, you'd know it i love hey I, you know i'm not embarrassed to know i was no. like if you want to hear it be. i'll drop it <laughs> drop them bars i yeah, had the rest Papa. quick verse for y'all all I was thinking when you were saying about the ending with all the arrows, I was just getting major Boromir vibes just going through my head. Like, that's all I could think yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, it's that same one, like, where it's just the, and like, he takes them, like, one at a time, and they're just, like, slowly getting strapped down. Yeah. Fair enough. Is it, there's, like, a whole army shooting at him, though, not just lurts? No, no, it's like, his, yes, the they're, like, inside his wall like of the wall of his fortress and he's up there giving a speech because that he's like oh yeah we're gonna charge out and face the army and they like they they all kind of like a, it's like they all like silent meet anything and they all just don't move and so like in, instead of being like the hero sacrifice like boromir had it's like he just goes insane at the last minute and he's like running and like essentially just losing his mind and they're all watching and that's when they're like okay we need to like this dude needs to get taken out, and like even as he's getting shot, he's like, "Ah, it's it's crazy stuff, man." Yeah, man. I love I it. Check that scene out. Yeah, that was that's a good death scene actually. I forgot about that one. 
Is it dubbed or is it subtitles? Uh, there's probably a dubbed version somewhere, but I, I've only watched it in the Japanese, so with, with subtitles. Go on, there's some. Is that me that's Did we just lose up? Sam? Or, yeah, oh. I, yeah, Sam's frozen. Oh, got in. Well, that had to happen eventually, I guess. <laughs> right at that moment as well. I was like, what? Yeah. What's going I on? Was <laughs> I like, was really just, hurt. Just as he hit his head on the, on the fucking pavement. Yeah, yeah. like what's uh, happened to this guy? <laughs> yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah. My bad. <laughs> I, uh... yeah where, where did it cut off? Uh... Somebody Please just hurt. hit their head. Right, shall I just jump in, yeah? Right, so uh, he sends him off like, and look for a book, and then he slips because of the rain and hits his head, and then ends up in kind of like a dream world of these literary greats. So you've got like your Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You've got your like Moby oh, Dick. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. I mean, It's it, so it's, good. Huh? It is good, isn't it? It scared the shit out of me as a kid, though. Do you know the Dr. Jekyll bit where he turns into Mr. Hyde. Oh my God, that like oh, traumatized It's terrifying. Me. Even the Moby Dick stuff is terrifying. Like, um, <laughs> the, how do they do Moby the Dick? storm and stuff. Like, it's, it's just fantastical. It's the only way to say it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole story is about kind of, because you've got this cowardly kid and he's trying to face his fears really. And within each story, I guess he's scared. Even to the bit where he ends up fighting a dragon <laughs> and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the story ends with all all the things that scared him along the way kind of congratulating him and like saying how he's overcome his fear and whatnot. But it's just, it's a real fun uh, film to just, yeah, just mm-hmm. one to just get you familiar with literary greats like them kind of films. Um, like them stories, but also just for finding courage and all that wholesomeness. Yeah, um, and what's what is mad? Um, the direct well, one of the directors of it, Joe Johnston, who did uh, Captain America. That, that is quite cool to be. That, that is quite cool to be. It's weird the journeys people. Weird go the journeys people directing. go on in directing. Mm-hmm. Like from, 19, yeah, like from 1994. Yeah, yeah. He, also he also did, did Jumanji, Jumanji which, which I think I mentioned, mentioned off, off camera, camera before the show. Off the show. Yeah, so I'm the only person who went in reverse, uh, whereas you lot have gone with your oldest. I went with my uh, the most recent first. Uh, I wanted to go Monty Python um, and Life of Brian. Yeah. Um, I find the film absolutely hilarious and one of the things i love about it most is like what uh you know the the crew ha- had to go through after the film like this some great um interviews where they're just like up against the church essentially um when the film had like literally nothing to do with jesus he's like in it for a bit of a scene as the camera pans and then it's yeah. about like his next door neighbour and it's so clearly satire. It's 
but like it, the controversy behind it i feel like it's so prime for like a documentary uh, i'm sure there's been plenty there but like in terms of how it was received um uh, which i think just added to it it was it's a great cult classic um yeah just just to, like it ties in aliens uh with <laughs> which isn't probably too far from the truth to be honest um it's it, it, i can't it, it has classic moments for me so many quotable classic moments have you i, I know you've seen it solo georgie yeah. and sam have you seen life of brian i haven't you know okay is it monty python yeah mm. yeah i haven't seen any monty python Mate, that's heartbreaking. None. I found my dad's box set when I was a kid. (laughs) When I was a teenager, I found it in in, the drawer that we weren't supposed to go in. And I was Uh, like, yeah, a bit of Monty Python, right, let's go. And dad didn't know until I was singing Every Sperm is Sacred. Always what is it? Is it what is it like rude or is it like is it adulty? Like what's no? It's just funny shit. Mature (laughs) comedy, but yeah, it's immature at the same time. Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's like it's one of those ones where the the actual style they're doing is so immature, (laughs) but all of them are like Oxford, Cambridge educated. Like they're all they're all they all know their shit so well. That is like okay. it's it's like super accurate satire if it was written by toddlers. Yeah. It's it's fucking <laughs> incredible. It sounds, <laughs> sounds interesting. interesting. Do you yeah, know who uh, John, John Cleese, Cleese is? is probably the famous, most famous. Yeah. So like you you know how how he is and stuff. But just do some ridiculous things. But yeah, yeah the, 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 the amount, amount of, of uh, um, sort of quotable sort of moments. moments uh, but to add, but to, to, add it, to it, the, the reason, the reason um, I, 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 I did this, this um, is because of the controversy as well. As well. The, the, the story behind it is just as fascinating as the film itself. There's some great debates with John Cleese online. Debating people from the church and like that. I know that it's just like that. Yeah. yeah. Anybody, Anybody have anything to say on Michael Bryan? I haven't seen it. I, haven't seen it. I just love it. Yeah. yeah. Just, just like I totally agree. Like you say, it's, it's almost like if Frankie Boyle wrote a musical. <laughs> kind of. It's, it's very rude and very yeah. out there and very like. It's like a South Park episode. <laughs> yeah. 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 But a bit more jolly, I suppose, yeah. in a weird yeah. way. The music is some of the best parts in that. Like, like especially like, like the two, like the opening and closing numbers are wicked. Like, yeah. you know, it's like I, I don't know what the the first song is called, but it's like, you know, it's like his name was Brian, and it's just like all of the crazy <laughs> animations and shit going on. And then you have Eric Idle at the end doing "Always Look on the Bright Side of Life." It's, as they're all like it ends, it ends as they're all getting crucified, and he's just seeing all always look on the bright side of life, saying say it like, oh well, it could have been worse. <laughs> like, it's it's fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. We'll have to add that to our list of films as well, Sam. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, that's got that's got to be like a year's worth of watch time now, I reckon. A good, a good couple of days, a good couple of months. Yeah, there's, I can't believe you still yeah, have yeah, yeah. There's life of, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know what, I always think I've seen a lot of films and then I haven't, you know. And then you start there's just an infinite number like, of films. There's so much good shit out yeah. there, man. The more you look at films, the more there are. Trust. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But this is the thing, like, I've never, well... I'm sure other people I know have watched it and whatnot, but I've never really been in groups that have like spoke about Life of Brian like that. Yeah, I'm in a call with like three people who all have like such a like love for it. It's kind of mad. It's what I love about films, though. Mm. I guess. You find, I actually like, niche, rewatched niche it at the start of the like... month. Uh, when is it? When, when was it made? Seventies. Seventies. Uh, 
I have it up here. It'll just oh, seventy-nine. Really? Yeah, nineteen seventy-nine. It has. There's been times where I've quoted this film just to see if somebody's cool or not. <laughs> Quite literally. What's your tester line? Uh, he's the... he's not the messiah. He's <laughs> he's a naughty boy. <laughs> I even burst out laughing midway through it. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of them, like, every time that I get reminded of it, I want to watch it again. I'm just suddenly getting the itch to watch it again now. Yeah, yeah. Like, the fact it's that old as well, but it's still, like, any time that you put it on, you just absolutely wet yourself. Yeah, it's so witty. And, I mean, I, I feel like sometimes we don't appreciate the whole... You know when a movie starts and ends within the limits of the film you know because you know we're so franchise driven um, mm. especially with fantasy so like um to see the older films like like uh, monty python's um holy grail as well i think is, is a brilliant film or uh, like the film solo was recommending um it's it, i find i find it refreshing but all the films on this list really because that's what we're celebrating isn't it the, mm. um yeah, yeah this is what I was saying to Solo um, I don't know if it was last week on air or maybe on off air but I feel like if you can make a good fantasy film in in an hour and a half or two hours you know when you've only got the singular slot whereas mm. like Lord of the Rings can be drawn out because it's stretching across three films you know like realistically they are three individual films when you tell the tale of Lord of the Rings it's one long journey right yeah. But like for a fantasy film to build a world, and you know impress you and leave on a good note in only the space of an hour and a half to maybe two and a half. Stardust is quite long, to be fair, if I remember rightly. That's probably about two and a half, right? Three. I'm just gonna check, but I think you're right. I do. I do yeah. think it's a lengthy film. Throne of but Blood like is a, quite long as well. I think. I think there's also the cost element of a fantasy film having to build a world. Yeah. Definitely, but I mean, they can. I, I'm gonna jump into my right now, but I can't. Fantasy films. Can, any, can you think of a trash fantasy film? A trash one. That, yeah, one that like that, that was bad. A bad standalone one. Maybe Aragon. Waterworld. Uh, Inkheart, maybe. Dark Tower was absolute oh, dog one. shit. Absolute <laughs> dog shit. Yeah. 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 Uh, don't waste your time reading the books either like <laughs> the hell the, the, that new really? hellboy movie that would be mine Ooh. That's, that's what I mean, there's, there's a few Nick Cage ones you know like season of the witch was garbage yeah. uh, I hope you don't say sorcerer's apprentice because I actually quite enjoyed that film it wasn't oh, great not seen but it. I quite enjoyed it okay. it was alright it was alright although yeah, no, I, Every Nick Cage film gets a pass. True. True as Nick Cage. It's like a Keanu film. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Lake House didn't happen. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Solo, do yeah. you have any... Do you have another one? Yeah. My my second one is a... It's another... I think It's another one I think I've mentioned... I've definitely mentioned it once, if not twice before on this... Uh, which is Jason and the Argonauts, and it's another, another. I've definitely done Greek mythology before. I think. Oh yeah, we did it on the romance ones when it was just me and Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was I was totally here. But like Greek mythology was one of like the first, one of my early like nerd shit things that I got into because I used to always buy books in the airport because we used to go to Greece a lot, and so like and the. Jason and the Argonauts is such like a classic one that like it, it really just hits all of the high notes of like the kind of crazy world that the Greek mythology is like you've got the oh yeah well it starts with Zeus's prophecy about Jason eventually becoming the king uh then we wait where do we go from there oh wait I've yeah, so we go. Then we go to. So we have the prophecy. Then we have the whole shit where he gets the crew together at the Olympic Games, um, 
and then they go to the first island where they fight the giant um, Talos. Yeah, Talos. That's it. The bronze giant, which is a another cool fucking thing that's in it. Like there's <laughs> all of these great stop motion monsters that you get to meet. I think that's number one. Then, oh yeah, then we get to see Poseidon, which is we were talking about a bit off air, which is essentially just a fat dude in a pool leaning against two fake <laughs> rock walls, and there's a little, there's like a little maybe three inch sized boat in front of him yeah. that's meant to be the Argo and then you, they also film it on the deck and it's on a green screen and it's like you get like to see this guy's huge gut like 30 <laughs> like 30 times zoomed in it's incredible <laughs> then you've got the the Hydra which is the the next stop motion monster which is pro- which I think is like I think it was actually for that they invented an award for it, if I'm not mistaken. Because it's it's a Harry it's a Harry Housen, um This is like one of his classics, and he's like the big stop motion guy. And I can't remember if it was that an award was created for this, or it was that this this kind of spawned like a. It, like it was from this that like a whole thing spilled out, if you know what I mean. Because I know that the because it's the Hydra battle that mixes. There's a stop motion version of Jason fighting the Hydra and the actor fighting the Hydra intermixed, and it's like even if you watch it now, it's actually it's surprisingly impressive. Like actually, not surprisingly, it's very impressive given the time it's made, which was sixty three, and then like looking at things now and how there's things with quote unquote like better special effects that are infinitely more jarring than what is a, what is essentially a stop motion like a clay hydra and a clay person wrestling and then they fight fake skeletons afterwards like ugh, there's so much crazy shit going on and then the golden fleece of course is the coolest part that like heals um what's the priestess's name I can't remember the priestess's name, but she, you know she serves Hakate, who's makes the fleece, and then her and Jason steal it to take back to Greece. It's absolute banger. I think I found the award you were you were talking about. Oh. Um, Harryhausen received uh, the Gordon E. Sawyer Award, recogni- recognizing his contributions to the film industry at the Oscars in '92. Okay. Uh, oh. Tom Hanks oh, yeah. said uh, that some people say Citizen Kane or Casablanca. I say Jason Argonauts, and the Argonauts is the greatest movie ever made. And Harryhausen also himself has been quoted saying he regarded this as his best film. Yeah. It's 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 yeah. non-stop incredible. Yeah. I well, I imagine the, if you compare it to like what else was out at the time. And that there ain't re- that I don't really know many films from that time, but mm. nothing, nothing jumps to mind. Nothing like monsters. that. Yeah, like no. I mean, I guess the only other one is uh, Clash Kong of the Tides, which he did. <laughs> yeah. you've got an old, you've got an old King Kong as well, haven't you? Is that fifties? True. Yeah, that, I think that was him as well. Was it not? I think I think he did the American one, but I'm not sure if. I'm not sure if the Japanese ones did like similar kind of animations. Oh, like you know, normally they do the big guy in the suit maneuver, but you know who knows. Yeah. <laughs> Although I am a fan of the big guy in a suit in the fight scenes, I do yeah. love that shit. <laughs> one That's thing... another classic underrated visual effect, in my opinion. <laughs> Trust me. One of the things I've always been curious about with this film is if they could, if they remade it, would it be decent? What do you what do you think? I I don't think it could it's one of those ones I don't think they could make it better than it already is. Mm. It's like is it's it, that it, kind of thing. Yeah. I think charm. they could only make it look better, but I don't think that it would if they did make a a film nowadays with the exact same story, pretty much the same but with like modern day CGI and whatnot, I don't think it'd stand the test of time like the original oh, yeah. has done 
because that film is regarded in a lot of top 100 lists a lot of I remember seeing I don't remember if there used to be TV shows where they'd do like top 50 villains or top Mm. 50 this and stuff and it'd be like celebrities talking through each choice as it went down and talking about that and I always remember Jason the Argonauts was always on them them kind of lists. It's on mine. <laughs> for one for one thing or another, it was there, you know. Trust me. Yeah. Some of the films like that. Would you? What was that, Jody? I was going to say some of the films like that as well. The fact that they had to recreate it with less technology is kind of what gives it a lot of its sort of appreciation i suppose mm. it's like when you compare you know lord of the rings to the hobbit and you look at each individual orc mask and each individual person having their own setup and it's the same kind of principle someone actually went to the effort of making those monsters and stop motioning it and and creating these costumes and these sets and mm. there's a kind of beauty in that i think yeah yeah, I was reading the skeleton the skeleton sequence that was like three minutes of screen time took four months. Mm. So that's yeah, dedication. That, that was the one that like I was talking about it off air, like off air. I was saying like I think I'm pretty sure that one they had to do it. They shot the live action first, and then like painstakingly they had to make skeletons, not only fighting them but also chasing them. So they were having to like climb the scenery within these shots but of course they couldn't put in like fake walls and shit because the real actors were climbing it so it's like it's it's insane like it's insanely intricate Mm. but wonderfully so I love how passionate you get about these kind of things (laughs) (laughs) I I can't help but like it's what it's like one of my favourite things about it is like the the opening as this incredible score by uh, Bernard Herrmann. I think, uh, yeah, the theme is even called the Jason Prelude. And it's essentially just like, it starts with a heavy drum and then just like a massive trumpet comes in and it's the best thing you've ever heard. It's like, wait, how did it go? <laughs> it goes like, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I think that sh- that should be our intro music now. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's not owned or royalties to anyone. Mm-mm. It's a cover. No, it's literally, a cover. the the soundbite of Solo doing that music should be. The yeah, intro. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't have else yeah, for that. Yeah, I'm, and I'm sure going to match Solo's enthusiasm is Georgie. What What is your other pick, Georgie? Oh, my other pick is uh, 2011's Hugo. Martin Scorsese and Dante Ferretti just doing absolutely what they do best because it's beautiful. Um, yeah, they, they built the set at Shepparton Studios. It's absolutely huge, this massive clock tower, and it's just so... It's it's a real work of art and it's so beautiful, but it's such a like nodding your hat to filmmaking. It's it's just beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. I don't think I could even do it justice, to be honest with you. Well, What's this is the where premise it's of quite the interesting. Story? Yeah, I was going to say that because none of us have seen it. Right, so it's about this kid, and he's he's an orphan and he's living in the clock tower of this train station in Paris um, and he so he keeps the clocks running because essentially nobody knows that he's there his uncle's supposed to be running the clock towers and stuff but his uncle's gone somewhere so he's just doing it so that he doesn't get caught and get sent off to an orphanage basically um, and he's got this it's a machine that his dad was trying to fix before he passed away and this little boy is trying to fix it so he's like nicking parts and stuff from little toy shops and things and it's like clockwork inside this toy and he has no idea what it's going to do or what it does uh he thinks it writes something he doesn't even have the key to make it work but he's just trying to fix this machine and he's hoping to get some sort of message from his dad um, and it's a really, really beautiful, heartwarming story that takes you through 
what he discovers through that. Um, it, it's got a really random twist to it as well, that with who the machine used to belong to. I don't want to say everything because you guys haven't seen it and I really want you to see it. <laughs> but, um, it sounds like a good film. Yeah. You can go on the list. Definitely. I know, I know it's visually stunning. I've seen that much. I've seen the trailers and posters mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I remember speaking as well to, I think it was to Georgie months ago when you were watching it. Isn't it like the only thing Martin Scorsese's ever worked with kids on or something? So like the first time he's worked with kids or teenagers, he doesn't really seem to use them in his films much or something. Mm -hmm. I believe you were telling me. Yeah, it's very rare that he ever works with children, whereas this is actually a child protagonist. Um, so that's very unusual for Scorsese. You know, obviously it's a very different style of film. Um, I'm not certain if it's true or not, but it's said that he was inspired to write this film because his daughter gave him the book. So this was based on a book um, that was released in 2007. And apparently his daughter gave him this book wanting him to make this film. Um, Aww. It's like I say, it's got this really beautiful little tip to filmmaking that's just stunning. Like it's yeah. How old how old's his daughter? Because even like two thousand seven he's not a young man. <laughs> no, no, I know. I'm picturing this like eleven year old girl, but maybe, I don't know. Uh, yeah, she could be like a teenager, I guess. Well I, or at least or at that that point, I guess. Well she might be older, I don't know. She, it might you know, it could be, maybe it's a book that she read for her kids and thought, oh, hang on a minute. You know, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how old she is. Um, but yeah, it's just a really, it's kind of heartwarming in a way. Um, well, yeah, it is heartwarming, but it, it's just this really surreal adventure that this kid goes on. He's such a lovable character. That's great. You know, though, to be I, fair, when I think about it, like clocks and like the inner workings of a clock is like a cinematographer's like, well, playground really, isn't it? Like you can you can get real aesthetically pleasing with them. Mm. Yeah, defo. Yeah, it is amazing how they just made this. Well, they made the whole clock tower from scratch, so they've actually gone to the trouble of building this whole massive set and oh it just that's wicked yeah it's real attention to detail there's a lot of craftsmanship that, that's gone into that yeah. do you know who did the production design for it Dante Ferretti he's uh, he's worked with Scorsese on a few of his films um, I actually studied them as part of my masters that I did last year Oh, yeah, because I think, I'm not certain, but I'm pretty sure that he also did Gangs of New York with Scorsese as well. Oh, if he did, then that's know. just sick. Yeah, very, very beautiful films. Yeah. We were talking, me and Sam were yeah, talking we were, about yeah, that yeah, one a bit, yeah. The, yeah, the last episode. Actually, funnily enough, we were we were kind of slating Scorsese a bit, though. <laughs> bit, me and Sam aren't the bit, his two biggest fans. Nah, no, I don't. You know what? I, he had me until until the Marvel comments and the the Irishman. I don't know, man. The guy, it, I could appreciate his his brilliance, but I don't. I don't like the guy. Do you disagree with his Marvel comments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. But like he said that they were like theme park rides. Like I like theme park rides. I I kind of agree with him, but like I like the films. Yeah, I like I, theme park rides. Like, what's wrong with that? Exactly. Yeah, like he is, he has an opinion to not like them, and I can respect that. Uh, but like I do. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah but, but my my argument against it is just that like, how many genres of music do people say aren't real music? But we still call them genres of music. We still know their music, regardless of whether you agree it's real or not. Again, that again, yeah, yeah. You, listeners can't hear me doing inverted commas, but I did, yeah. and it's like it's still like 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 oh, he's in like you know you can have your opinion on it, but it doesn't you can't just disclassify essentially a whole genre of film by just saying like oh well it's not real cinema, like that's not a th that's not a thing one can do. 
I don't think he has the power to do that either, though. Like, no, unfortunately, oh, well, though, you I'd like, and I see it a lot with like the different review pages and film pages. I mean, too many people have took his word as gospel and just use it to just hate on Marvel films now. And it's like, come on, like no one cares in it. Like, just just do your thing. I just feel like he was a bit, he was a bit snobby with it. Especially mm. considering there was like there was films before him, and there's going to be films long after. Who's to say he can kind of be the exact. person to to be the voice of it all? Yeah. Especially when you're making pieces of shit like The Irishman. Like, like <laughs> you know. for real, for I it, thought The Irishman was was dope. I don't agree with his comments, and I agree The Irishman was not all that great. But I mean, he has also made some amazing films, and I appreciate them. Oh, I just his stuff about Marvel, like separate the art. Yeah, but still, I I'm more than happy to sit and watch a Marvel film like any day. Um, you know, what's what's the point in being so snobby about it, like you say? And that's why we brought you onto the show, Georgie. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No, this is the thing. I don't hate. I'm a bit the same with a lot of different like filmmakers though. I think you hit a you you hit a certain age with filmmaking, and then you see the new wave, and you just you're always gonna hate on what's new. And you know, mm-hmm. it's like like Solo was saying with the music. I'm sure our parents and grandparents would hate the music we like these days. And in fairness, what Marvel and superhero films in general have dominated the cinema for like what the last 10 15 years so i can Mm. see why he's sick of it um i just think it's like a bit of a discredit to all the people who worked on them films um to say it's not real cinema especially when the amount of work that goes into them marvel films and stuff is crazy yeah man um but yeah that's yeah and i won't hate on scorsese too much but where does the uh fantasy element come into hugo georgie what is it to do with this secret i guess with his dad maybe yeah it's it's annoying because i don't I, want to say reveal, yeah. yeah i don't want to say what it is yeah. can, can i ha- can i hazard a guess go on is it like uh is there someone kind of semi-trapped inside the clock tower here? Because what I'm used to with like the clock tower metaphor is this is like a this is going like a watchmaker kind of story, and there's going to be someone who made this before him that some kind of I'm assuming they've got some kind of power or something. Like I don't want to say they're like a godly thing, but is it one of them scenarios? No, it's not. It's difficult to say, to be honest. I guess, like you say, it's also about where you put your boundaries as to what's fantasy and what's not. Um, True. It's difficult to say. This film, it's not exactly set in a in a big fantasy world, if you know what I mean, but the story mm-hmm. is fantasy and it is... I don't know, it's just it's hard to describe, to be honest. Like a... Is it like a like a kind of shape of water style, like how it's like you know that like I would say that's a fantasy thing, even though it's like it's it's not a fantasy setting. Is it that? Yeah, kind of. Really? Yeah, it's not really a fantasy setting. Um, I guess it's it's the story in of itself that's kind of fantasy. It's, I'm sorry, I'm, it's really annoying. I just don't want to be like, oh yeah, so this is the thing. And then you'll be like, oh, okay, yeah. I don't need to watch it. And then I'll be like, no, you need to watch it because it's just... You know, it'll be it'll be one in a couple of episodes where we'll we'll, discuss, we'll have all watched it by this point and we can finally clarify um, yeah. what's, what's, what's what. Well, yeah, I hope yeah, you no. don't all think it's shit, but <laughs> I hope you enjoy it anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, to be honest, as long as I mean, I imagine as you say, it's going to be love. It's going to be really nice to look at. So, I can take that from a film. Some films, I don't necessarily like the dialogue, but if if you can keep me watching and entertained, then you've still mm-hmm. done your job as a film, I guess. Yeah, good craft yeah. skills. Definitely, definitely. And I mean, as we all know from the from being on, like on a film course, certain aspects of a film can really save you. If others mm. are not as great, yeah. so if you've got a decent cinematographer, you know you're fifty percent of the way there. Yeah, true. Yeah. Cool. Oh, eventually, when we can film again, 
We will get there. Yes. One day. <laughs> One day. One day. It should be interesting. But yeah. Um, I guess I I'll think, go yeah. on to my last, my last one. Which also, to be fair, we were talking before. Um, isn't fantasy in a sense? It's more sci-fi, I guess. But I guess it's inanimate objects coming to life. Um, mine's uh small soldiers, which I believe is ninety-eight. Um, this film is basically like Toy Story, but on steroids. It's <laughs> like. Yeah, um, yeah. A, a lab is basically developing, I don't really know how to describe the start because it's funny for action figures, but I don't know what their purpose is um, to use these action figures, but... Oh, what, you mean why they put the chip in the in Yeah, the yeah, I don't get, are they trying to raise an army or I th- something? Like... No, I, th- it was, I think they literally did it just because they thought like it would make better toys if they had these personal, like, it was, it was like a per they thought it'd be like a character thing for the toy and then yeah. they're like military grade and they all go crazy <laughs> yeah yeah true well this yeah basically you've got uh good guys versus bad guys but um the army who you you think seeks to protect is actually the bad guys and the big monstrous demon kind of looking things are the good guys and they're the gorgonites um that yeah it, it it goes to a, a small town where a toy shop basically receives a parcel of these enhanced toys and this kid just goes wild with them, he activates them and basically all hell breaks loose. You've got all the all the soldiers out trying to like wait, am I still am I still going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, cool. I'm just in trouble. Like, you were fr- you were you were freeze frame there. I was like, I've defo cut off again. You've not blinked in about twenty. <laughs> oh seconds. no, I, I was just so, I was just enraptured in what you were calm, saying. Calm, calm, I just love calm. this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and they just start running wild, and you know they're like trying to take over. And I mean, there's there's actually like a really really disturbing bit in it. And this with Kirsten Dunst. We did clarify it's Kirsten Dunst, right? Yeah, Kirsten Dunst, um, they, the army toys basically chip her what's equivalent to Barbie dolls, and they start going nuts, like, they start, like, grabbing kitchen knives and scissors, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, they start, like, tying her up and everything, it's, it's crazy, and it's literally, yeah, it's wild, man, like, all these toys are basically just warring with each other, um, it is, it's just carnage, but it's so fun. And as a kid, I my my older brother had like a Gorgonite and like the lead army guy. So just growing up and just using the toys at home myself, like it was just so good, man. Like, and it just proper made me, it was another one of them films that like, I specifically remember it cause I had it on VCR and oh man, it was just so good. Mm. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how to how to say more other than just to just to praise it. Yeah, really cool adventure, um, little adventure film. Um, it was directed by Joe Dante, who did Gremlins one and two. Mm. Uh, you know, I see that. You know, I can kind of see yeah. it in the uh, mm. in the way Style. it escalates. <laughs> uh, yeah. Those Gorgonites were great, though. Mm-hmm. I love those guys. Like their their leaders. Like, I mean, you just love him because he's he's that guy. It, it's what like I, as you kind of get to know the Gorgonites and you get their whole like they're they're actually the victims in the story kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I love I love how we get to travel with the lead guy. I I I can't believe I'm forgetting his name, but he's such a gangster. Yeah, I've I've completely forgot his name as well. I'm not gonna lie. That's the thing. He's like the the leader of the rebels, I guess. They are kind of like a rebel, yeah, a rebel group, isn't they? Yeah, I think like this. I, I think the sto- like you know the the story between the Gorgonites and the soldiers is meant to be that like, like they're aliens, and I think it's I think they're meant to be at war, and so it's yeah, all yeah. the soldiers' mission to eradicate the Gorgonites. But the Gorgonites aren't really because they're not programmed to fight back as a like because of their um, chip thingies. 
they're just like they're the peace and love people and they're just like ah oh, well you know gorgonites lose so we're just gonna you know we we just accept life and they're like a bunch of hippies or like yeah. crazy alien hippies mm. that's the thing what would you Bad what boys. was the animation style for that really because it, obviously it's not animated but like how I'm trying to think how they'd have done that like or if there's anything um, I guess gremlins was was before so yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's part practical and there's a lot of 3D in it if I remember rightly uh, but I, I can't remember what the main the main style they use is because it's a bit like Jurassic Park how they use a couple different versions so it's more seamless mm, you know what I mean yeah. it is yeah because it almost it looks plastic but it looks claymation as well it has that's what I mean it does it does look plasticky mm. I find one of the things that you could look at to define fantasy I think would be like there has to be uh, like a, a pre-built story or myth or something you know like I think in the case of Hugo it's, it's this machine that he's we think his dad started made or broke or whatever happened there um, in a lot of cases it's like the world that they're living in has like deep history to it what I like with small soldiers is that like because the toys they sort of they have the background story right and they have like the the mythology mm. and, the, and the traits of who they are and where they belong even though the toys i think that's one of the elements that really makes it a fantasy film well yeah i guess i guess in a sense like what you're what you're kind of saying as well is like the fantasy especially with small soldiers is like it's kind of a fantasy for the gorgonites and the the soldiers because they're in a world that they don't know you know what i mean the human mm. world is realistically the fantasy world in this because we're following the story of true them i mean fair enough you've got human protagonists that are kind of helping along the way but initially the thing starts off in a lab and the only thing that stays consistent through the films is is them so maybe if we look at it from the gorgonites and soldiers point of view it they are in a fantasy world because you know they're they're adapting to mm. to mm. to real yeah real life and, weapons and whatnot <laughs> yeah and they do end it where you know you know the the gorgonites go out to i can't remember what their their home world is that they're looking for but they mm. like essentially go out into the world to look for the for, for this home world even though the kid is like it, this doesn't exist, your toys, you know, this is all fake. They still do, because it's built into them, they are experiencing this fantasy, this fantasy reality within what what is meant to be the normal world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys are great. They are, though. That's the thing. I, I don't want a sequel, but I do. I don't want it to end there. But at the same time, I guess that's what makes it magical. You know, it, mm. does it, we don't, it never got ruined. So mm. I could see a reboot one day. Like, it will be something like the toys. Mm. like Because they could literally do it like these toys have been re-released in whatever year it's set. And then, oh, no, it's gone wrong again. <laughs> like, a bit like what yeah. they did with Chucky. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've done a hell of tricky films now. Trust me. I could see Small Soldiers being a a Netflix film being rebooted. Something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's definitely room for it. I oh, think yeah. even a um even like a a fifteen. Uh, Small oh, Soldiers I'd watch would that. be pretty epic. That'd be pretty epic, like it's like yeah, Transformers, like... but on a small scale. <laughs> literally, literally. I just remember them riding out in like little little army van, <laughs> army trucks and stuff, and it was oh, it was just so good. Yeah, it was just so good, man. And like, I swear, um, the Gorgonite leader had like a crossbow or a bow of some kind. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He had like one of them, uh, like wrist rocket things that toys yeah, have. Yeah. That's what I mean, and it's like, oh, it's just so cool, bro. So cool. But yeah, no, I guess this, uh, I guess this wraps our our chat on non-franchise fantasy films. Um, 
I'd like to thank you all for listening and thank you Georgie for coming on and gracing us with your presence I'm sure you'll be back on many more uh, thank you for having me guys thank you if you've enjoyed it yeah, yeah. I think mean, it's alright innit <laughs> it is alright innit you just chatting smiles chatting. all round no, it's, it's sitting around chatting rubbish it's, it's what I'm good at <laughs> yeah about films which we all love so yeah um, I ooh. is the next episode finally going to be the one we've we've been waiting on? Oh, the long awaited heist 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 uh, off. Yeah, it could. It'd have could to be, be, I guess. We'll see. Could be. We'll see. But we're full of surprises, so you never know. <laughs> but yeah, um, thank you all for listening, and good night. Yeah. Pleasure.